0: Stop making the American people part of your experiment.
1: Welcome to our experiment. That is the Renaissance Podcast, American In people here. and others. Episode ninety two, Booty Call Part Something. Who knows? Yeah, sounds right. Six, five, three, five. Probably. <laughs>
0: That's how I count.
1: How are you? How are you,
0: Ray? I'm um, surprisingly. Hour two? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing. Pretty, I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Oh, uh, okay. Uh. I tell you that I, I after
1: do- we finished today. I'm going to Fox's school to start a chess club. I'm going to start chess nice. club at Fox's school.
0: Today. You're going to make little kids cry and enjoy it. No, that was wrong. You're going to teach them all mm. the benefits, the analytical thinking, the planning, the head, considering your options, mm. offense, defense, all the mm-hmm. benefits of learning how to play chess, of actually playing chess. I think that's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. They might be interested. They might not. The, I spoke to the principal there. She said, "Just come, set up a board, and uh, see what happens. You know, see who comes." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, sounds good." That's all you can mm-hmm. do. Good luck. Good luck. Now uh, back to booty, back to Booty Call. In our last episode, we talked about his early solo paintings. A lot of Madonna and and child. A um, lot of um, ugly Madonnas. Bored Madonnas. <laughs> fuck me, I'm fourteen, and I'm fucked Madonnas. Um, a lot of experimentation with well, your your cheap halos, your expensive halos, your angels. Right. I want to start today by talking about one of his first, if not his first, painting of a non-religious subject. This was in 1470, and the painting is known as Fortitude. Yes. Can you uh, can you call up the Fortitude, Ray? Oh,
0: my Fortitude is up. Oh, good. Yeah, let's tell me what you think of this. I I like this. It's aesthetically pleasing. The the clothes that she is wearing, it's basically a woman sitting in a chair, a very young woman sitting in a very ornate chair. She has a red, I, I don't know what to call it, cloth or robe on, but at the same time she is fortitude. Uh you don't mess with her, but her head is down, it's tilted to the left. And and she's not smiling, but I don't think Fortitude should smile. She's wearing a gold and pearl diadem, iron armbands, and a chiseled steel breastplate. So I think she's supposed to represent strength or whatever. And but but her outfit is absolutely amazing. I have no idea how he could make something like this, which is really two dimensional, but it looks real to me.
1: Yeah, it it, it pops. Yes. It's like light shining off the armor. Yes. Uh, Now, you keep saying fortitude, this, fortitude, that. Who is fortitude, Ray?
0: Oh, shit. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) She represents something to somebody. There's a song right there. Anyway, no, tell me about fortitude. Oh, my God. Fuck (laughs) me. (laughs) Right in the balls. Is it? Well, I'm not even going to guess. But anyway, so tell me about Fortitude. Let's see if I can make this make sense. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, first of all, this is considered his first master masterpiece. Right. right? Let's point that out. All right. It, the point work it. originally belonged to a set of seven panels representing... The Virtues, and they were supposed to decorate oh. the Tribunal Hall of the Piazza della Signoria right. in Florence. Now, for $500, Ray, the four classic cardinal
0: virtues in Platonism are shit. what? Shit, I knew this a couple of weeks ago, because there's the the four and then, like, the three Christian ones. Ah, shit. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Sexual Stamina. Uh, no, I, I... I... <laughs> I'd, 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 I can't remember what the four older ones are. What are they? I'm guessing one's fortitude. What are they? That's the way I like it. Uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh, uh-huh. Strength?
1: The four four classic virtues, according to Plato, were temperance, prudence, fortitude, Mm -hmm. or courage... And justice.
0: Oh, I should have got justice.
1: Now, for double or nothing, Ray. What is the ancient family motto of the Riley family?
0: Officer, I'm innocent. No, I. I, I, I <laughs> no matter what you see on the video or hand <laughs> fingerprints or uh, witnesses, I didn't do it. No, I. You told me, I think, and I can't
1: remember. <laughs> I didn't do it. That's a good one. Really? <laughs> it wasn't it's not me, me copper. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, with fortitude and prudence.
0: Okay, so two out of
1: four. So I like the fact that the ancient Rileys, when they coined that, uh, said, well, what are the four? Temperance, prudence, fortitude and justice. Well, temperance, nah, we're not, we're no. not signing up for that. That's we're Rileys. Right. We're not going to tem- we're not going to be temperate and anything. We're going to drink the fuck out of this place. <laughs> Prudence, yeah, okay. May uh, courage fortitude, sure. Justice, no. <laughs> no we're going to do whatever yeah. the fuck we want, whatever we want. Fuck you. Just so we're, we'll take I- two out of the four. Yeah, that's good. That's good enough. Two out of four ain't bad, you. as meatloaf nearly sang. Mm.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, my family's so poor we didn't have any. So go ahead.
1: No, you couldn't even afford a family motto. Yeah, right. Uh, the, uh, the 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 seven heavenly virtues are chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, kindness, and humility.
0: Mm, zero to seven.
1: The Riley family went. Nah, nah, we're not not doing any of that. <laughs>
0: Ain't got time um, for that, mate. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so humility. Pff, yeah, fuck you. You try. You try being a Riley, and being humble. Can't. Doesn't work. Uh, now, the other six panels in in the uh, Piazza della Signoria yeah. were painted by Polo Wallo, his workshop. Polo Wallo, we, we talked about him many episodes ago. He was the guy who painted Hercules right. with a lion's paw covering his dongle. Oh,
0: yes.
1: Um, yeah. So <laughs> he was commissioned to paint these things. But uh, I think it was uh, Tommaso Sodorini who was uh, on the Signoria at the time said to Polo Wallo, hey, 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 uh, do me a solid. <coughs> Let uh, the booty call kid do one of these. And Polo Wallo was like, what? I will not. This is my project. This is my <laughs> studio. He goes, no, just do it. Just you know like just, lorenzo likes him please. and just let, give give the kid a give the kid a you know hand yeah. up let him let him do one we think he we think he'll do a good job just just do it polio Wallo apparently not happy about this but uh he was forced into right. it right. and as it turned out uh, it was botticelli's first great masterpiece now apparently the woman representing fortune in the painting could be Lucrezia Donati, uh-huh. Lorenzo's mistress, or his, his, his uh, yeah, you know... Yeah, he's got to give uh, her
0: something, besides good loving. Who's, well, you know,
1: whether or not he gave her good loving or it was one of these Renaissance, platonic, mistressy things, look, I love you and I'll write poems about you and songs, oh. but I'm not actually going oh, to fuck you. Because right. that'll just ruin it. You know, it's like if right. if uh, on Cheers, if uh, Diane and uh, fucking what's his name, right. Sam, get together, which yeah. they did, it kind of ruined everything. You don't want the sexual tension to be broken in a show like that. Um, right. You know, when the right. sexual tension is broken... You know, that ruins the whole show. The fun of the show is the sexual tension. You don't want to do that. So, yeah, it um, yeah, might have been her, they think. Now, something interesting about this, it was painted with tempera paint, as were a lot of these paintings back then.
0: Do you, have you, do you know mm-hmm. much
1: about tempera paint, Ray? Are you, I know you're a leading authority on different kinds of right. paint. Can you explain to us uh, um, how tempera I- paint is made?
0: No, I can't. Thanks for asking. I do remember that when Botticelli was an apprentice, he did experiment with paints that were supposed to be stronger and last longer in the the ones who were going to be in sunlight, but I don't know about that specific one. Was this some kind of new age, space age paint that they were trying for a different reason?
1: I don't think it was new age. I think they had been using it since around about the I don't know, 10th Century, something like that, people were experimenting with it, maybe so even new. earlier than that, not new, right. but it it wasn't um I think oil paint was sort of very popular at this time, but some of these artists were still painting with tempera from about fifteen hundred oil paint became more popular, but it says a couple of decades mm. after this. Now, tempera tempera paint was made by taking dry coloured powders and mixing it with the yolk of egg. Um, now, someone said that's not egg yolk, and they were shh, shh just go with it. Let's just say it's egg yolk. <laughs> just, um, yeah, yeah. I worked really hard because if, if, they, if they ran out of eggs, they right. made their own egg yolk. <laughs> yeah. Now, and it would be thinned out with some acid, some acetic acid or water. Now apparently uh, this you, you could get much better much right. nicer shading and stuff like that with tempera. was um, very good at excuse me, very good at um, doing transparent. Thing. you could water it down or you could thicken it up and you know you can get a lot of interesting shading. you get that you see this thing with um, these paintings from the 1400s where they're sort of I don't know they look a little bit. what is it soft, milky? Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Yes, soft, fluffy colours. This right. is apparently the, the tempera. Uh, not to be confused ah, with okay. tempura, uh, which is a Japanese dish, usually seafood, meat, vegetables that have been battered and right, deep fried. Cool. I I always thought when I heard of tempera ah, paintings that, that you would do the painting and then you would batter it and deep fry it um, and <laughs> eat it later. Tried that. Um,
0: Sounds right to me.
1: Yeah. Uh didn't really work out.
0: <laughs> now uh again,
1: this uh fortitude, she looks bored, not really pretty. Sorry, Lorenzo, in terms of mistresses, uh, she yeah. looks a bit a little bit harsh. Uh, a little little bit of a yeah, I don't know, harsh face, a little bit scary, which is probably yeah. good if you're fortitude, I guess. Um she's got tiny breasts, I'm saying maybe A cups. Um, but there, she's got a nice little breastplate on that's sort she's of lucky. accentuating them a little bit. My, you know, more than a handful is a waste. I've always said, smallish, like perky little A cups is fine. You don't need any more than that. What are you going to do with it? Okay, you could you can motorboat or you can titty fuck. But apart from that, uh, really, I don't know why you bother. It's more than a handfuls Mate. of waste, don't you think? Are you are you a, are you a boobs man? I I don't know. Nice to look at. One boob. But practical. The
0: second one. Practical. Purpose. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. You only need one. Second one. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's redundancy, I guess. If something happens to the first one, you've got a back up. One her. good one. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> now, she's got a cool crown with wings, if you look closely. A bit like Jay Garrick, the uh, Silver Age Flash, the first Flash. Um, I mean the 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 later flashes, right. your Golden Age Flash, your Barry Allen Flash, just has the wings coming out of his uh, hood. But if you go back yeah. to your Jay Garrick Flash, it's like a little—he's got a little helmet, Ooh. a helmet with the wings coming out. Yeah, he was the Flash I grew Be-be. up with. Gotcha. No, I think uh, he was about twenty-five when he painted this Booty Call. So his first masterpiece at twenty-five. Um, like you look at the ornateness of this throne that she's sitting on, the ornateness oh, yeah. of her armor. Magnificent! Look down at the like the the stage or whatever that she's sitting on. See, it's got these little columns, yeah. that are in between yeah, the delicate. levels, like delicately done, but they look sturdy. The light is shining off them, the shadow and light coming off of there. Just the interplay with the light on the, the construction of this throne and the platform and her robes and her armour and it's shining off her. Even her commander's staff that she's holding, the way the light is shining off of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, magnificent. I mean, it's, it's oh yeah, astounding. Not sexy, unless you're into... She, maybe she could be a dominatrix if you're into that. Like, she looks scary enough. She's got boy. a big stick and some armour. Maybe, yeah. She, yeah. Now, she's looking down. That could be a sign of boredom or or just, uh, you know, disinterested or whatever. But it could also be that she's looking down at the other virtues. According to Gebhardt's Botticelli book, uh, Fortitude and the Madonna of the Rose Garden both are sitting in an arched niche are of a sculptural appearance, very upright, the head slightly bent to the left. Here we can see the first female faces with accentuated features, the widest part of which is at the level of the eyes and which then narrows down to the chin. An austere sweetness emanates from the fortitude. I don't get that. She's scary to me. Who is draped generously and is wearing a gold and pearl diadem, iron armbands, and a chiseled steel breastplate. The red cloak unfolding on her knees is embroidered and bordered with Arabic letters. It's creating a colourful effect and also partly hiding the exaggerated length of her legs. Again, if you're looking up Mm. at her, the exaggerated length probably uh, looks perfect. She is holding the commander's staff with both hands propped up against her belly. This is a bellicose gesture for a seated
0: figure. I I did want to ask one, uh, another source that I read said that the idea was for this painting to be hung up high so she would be looking down. Over the assembly, not in a condescending way but it's like i'm you know i 'm looking out for you guys i'm I'm looking over everything that you're doing, and going back to her appearance, I had read that the slight bluish tint under her eyes was to show that this uh, this person or what she represents fortitude had seen misfortune in the past and knows she's going to see it in the future, and everybody needs to stay calm and to stay resilient and strong, hence fortitude so I think a part of that her not being as physically attractive as she could be was, was a part of uh, Boccaccio's plan from the beginning. That's one interpretation.
1: Yeah, I, I zoomed in on this blue eye stuff, and um, it looked to me like it was bruising, like she had a black eye, like she was getting smacked around by a man to right. keep her in place. Um, you know, because you don't <laughs> want your fortitude, you know, getting too full of herself. So a of good hands. Italian... Yeah. B- Yeah, her husband had been smacking her around, I think. That's maybe why she looks sort of sad, is because she had let her husband down and forced him to smack her around to keep her in line. And she felt bad bad about that, guilty about that. (laughs) So, yeah, kidding. Yeah, we're kidding about that. Don't (laughs) beat your wives. Or wives, don't beat your husbands. Please, Um, not anymore. Now, the the colour red, according to the Uffizi's website, which this painting is now in the Uffizi, the colour red most associated with the extremes of emotion, passionate love, anger, rage and violence can be symbolic of the strength that we must have when overcoming hardship. The contrast of the soft flowing folds in her clothing to the harshness in her metallic armour creates an interesting play on themes of masculinity versus femininity. She appears Mm -hmm. to be regal and delicate while also maintaining vigour and bravery. Strength is not a quality subjective to sex.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: I did not know that, Ray. I thought only Mm. men could be strong. Apparently uh, women are also capable of it. I did not know that.
0: Really? you bet met Sophie, right? Because, well, there's strength and then there's crazed animal rage, so maybe it's a little <laughs> different. But, uh, yeah, Sophie's a good example of uh, <clears throat> strength. Yeah, or, or yeah a my wife would balance. kick my
1: ass if she heard me say what? that up and down the street. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I was going to move on to Judith. Are you ready to do Judith?
0: <laughs> I am ready.
1: So around about 1473, he paints the return of Judith to Bethulia. Now, this one is uh, very Botticelli-ish. So, what, tell us about this painting, Ray. What's it about?
0: Yeah, so, uh, first of all, this was going to be received uh, by Bianca Capello, the second wife of the Grand Duke Francesco I. Um, this is, and I'd never heard of this before, so I'm probably going to butcher names, but this is the biblical tale of Judith who slew... Homo, excuse me, Homo, Holofernes, uh, the Assyrian king's commander-in-chief, because I guess his forces were becoming a threat to the Hebrews in Bethulia. Not that I could find where that was at. And this was one of the favorite subjects of the Florentine Renaissance artists. She represents female strength, obviously, because she has a sword in one hand, a branch in the other. But basically, the Jews, the Hebrews, are having a problem She goes there to the king's commander-in-chief, cuts his head off, and is bringing it back to the Hebrews to show them that their threat has been taken care of.
1: Well, uh, I want to point out, when you say it was a gift for Bianca Capello, uh, it ended up there, but that was 200 years later. Gotcha. Um, uh, You know, Grand Duke Francesco the First doesn't come along until the 16th century. He's a, oh, a descendant.
0: So I read of I right.
1: Medici's right. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Was yeah, it? A, was it a twig that? Gee, I've never. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't twig that there is no Grand Duke Francesco the First in 1472. Never mentioned him before. That didn't strike you as odd.
0: Was this? Um, do you know if this was for a private collection, a wedding, or or whatever? I'm just curious now.
1: Uh, We don't know uh, who it was for or what it was for, but it was Mm. in the Medici family at some point. Anyway, um, so the painting is of two women walking. One carries a sword. The other carries a man's head. Damn. Now, yes, this is the Old Testament story from the Book of Judith, very much like the story of David and Goliath, but this time it's a woman who's saving the Jews' asses, not a young boy. (laughs) <laughs> Holofernes was the Assyrian general whose army was laying siege to the Jewish settlement of Bethulia. And a lot of the, the the Jews wanted to surrender, like in the David and Goliath thing, they're like, listen, this guy's too powerful. we should give up, we can't do this. <laughs> Judith was a rich widow, right who cooked up a plan to save her people. So one night she got dressed up in her best clothes, went through the town gates sure. with her maid, walked across the valley to where the enemy army camp was, Holofernes' camp, and she said to his guards, look, I uh, I can give you a secret path to get into the town. Right. Uh, by the way, I'm a hottie and he might Ooh. want to do me from behind. And they were like, sure, you can go in and uh, 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 see Holofernes'. So... Uh, she went in, she said to Holofernes, look, um, my people are bad people. They've turned away from their God. He's not happy mm-hmm. with them. He wants them to be destroyed. Mm. I will help you destroy them. Um, all I want you to do is, uh, you know, take me roughly and right. uh, for several nights and, and then I will tell you how to sneak up and kill fair. all my people
0: because that's time. the
1: kind of girl I right. am. Right. So he agreed. Yeah, he said, look, this sounds like an eminently sensible plan. <laughs> um, nothing at all suspicious about this. Um, so. Uh, dear
0: Penthouse Letters.
1: Every night she would go to his camp with her, with her maid, Abra. Kadabra. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but obviously he, you know, banged her <laughs> hard. Left her wrung out to dry. <laughs> and then every morning she'd go back to um, Bethulia. Yeah. On the fourth night, she went back. He had a lot to Ooh. drink, passed out, Ooh. and she grasped his sword and cut his head off with two mighty Damn. blows. Then she and her maid managed to leave the camp carrying his head and his sword sure. without anyone noticing. Right. got through the guards, um, then she got back to her town, Bethulia, showed the men in her camp, the guy's head, and uh, they attacked and destroyed the Assyrians. Wow. So uh, there you go. That's that's the story in a little bit more detail than you presented it. Now, this this painting is one of two paintings. There was another one. Have you seen the second painting, The the Death of Holofernes? I don't think so. There's the second painting that goes with it that has the discovery of the body of Holofernes, um, headless body in a tent with some guys. But they're not really looking shocked. They're looking more bored. Like, oh, another another headless body. Yeah, <laughs> uh, should have seen this coming. I guess when we let the woman from the enemy camp in here every night to party with him. Yeah, guess <laughs> <Yeah>, shit, <laughs> fuck. We're we're so right, screwed. We're so going to get fired.
0: Yeah, over this. So. Well,
1: we would get fired, but he's dead. So. Well, which one of maybe just one of us should name ourselves the new leader of the army, and then we can sounds good to me. You know, protect the others. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, but these were small. These were thirty-one centimeters yes. by twenty-four centimeters. Very small. I don't know what that is in inches. I mean, thirty-one centimeters is about inches, the size of my dick. So whatever inches. that is in inches, times oh to my twenty-four. So yeah, it's about twelve inches by. <laughs> Something I don't know. (laughs) No, it's about.
0: If we could move six inches, thirty-one centimeters
1: is about six inches, right?
0: If we could move off your penis for a moment, I did read that contemporary inventories. that are are like these, of these sizes. And uh, the historians think that these paintings were kept as precious objects in caskets or leather cases, and they were admired at close proximity or shown off to friends on special occasions. So they weren't just put on the wall. They were put away and then admired later by people when they had their friends over, well, important friends. So I think this was more of a personal collection as opposed to just putting it up somewhere and showing off.
1: Yeah, and I think these are experiments in tackling different subjects. There are lots of early experiments like this, mm-hmm. some th- things that are less spiritual oh, but more gruesome yeah. and entertaining. Small enough that they could be carried around and shown people. Like, you go, hey, yeah. hey, you want to see something? You want to see yeah. something really fucked up? You want to see something really <laughs> fucked up? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not my dick. Well, yeah, yeah, my yeah, my dick. But that's but that's <laughs> later. After these, get you horny.
0: Yeah, yeah. come here, let me show you.
1: <laughs> now, the other thing that strikes me about, <laughs> speaking of Goatsy, sh- shout out to uh, farmer Oscar Pierce, who texted me during the week saying he was playing Scrabble with his wife and sister-in-law, I think, and he showed me his Scrabble letters and they were like G-O-A-T, uh, and I think an X and an E, <laughs> and he, he played Goatsy. <laughs> Um, on the Scrabble board and they said <laughs> that's that's not a real word and he said look it up and they did and then
0: yeah, you, he blamed he blamed yeah. us
1: and He's right, uh, so yeah <laughs> good good work farmer Oscar yeah um the the thing that strikes me about the Judith painting here is that she looks a lot like yes. Venus aka yes. Simonetta Vespucci she's She's. This is. I, I think he may have painted this. I mean, this doesn't turn up as one of the unofficial portraits of Vespucci, uh, who was very much still alive in 1473 when he painted this. She died, remember, in 1476, quite right. young. I think she was like yep. 22, 23, something like that. Um. So maybe this is uh, based on her. I don't know would have been one of the first paintings that he did of her. Remember, he also, while she was alive uh, and they had the big uh, joust The Giuliano de Medici, Lorenzo's brother, won, he painted her face, Botticelli painted her face as the banner for Giuliano to carry right. into the joust, which would have taken place around about this time. So right. he knew who she was. He was painting her Could likeness. Be. Maybe it was just, you know, yeah. well, I'll make her look a little bit like Simonetta. I don't know. All right, also around the same period, 1473, 1474, he painted Saint Sebastian. Can you pull that that out, Ray?
0: Sebastian. Boom, got it. I'd do him. I I would do him. Now, this is... are we sharing? (laughs) Sorry.
1: Yeah. Now, to to me, this is the first sexy Botticelli painting. Uh that's deliberately made to right. look sexy. Like there's no denying that this is sexy. Um whether you're <laughs> gay, like my uncle Joe, I sent when I posted this on Facebook, my gay uncle Joe in Scotland was like, Oh yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, totally sexy. Right. Or for the for the ladies in the audience, maybe the ladies in the yeah. audience were looking at that going, ah, so interesting, and I don't think Botticelli was gay. I don't think he was straight either. I, I read that he didn't. You know, he wasn't really right. known for having relationships with women. Um, there, there was some suggestion in one of the biographies I read that somebody—I think it was uh, Soderini—asked him about women, and he basically said, "You know, his standards were so high." he uh maybe it was Vespucci, maybe that's the story there. His standards were so high that no women m- lived up to his artistic expectations, and Soderini said basically, well, you're right. fucked then, you're never going to be happy um I-, I I suspect that he did have the hots for Simonetta, or she was his standard. that's why he painted a yeah. likeness into everything. Uh, not just to, to honour Giuliano or to honour Lorenzo, who also had a thing for but it, but this is it. This he's painting his yes. ideal woman. Like uh, Petrarch talked about mm-hmm. Laura, and uh, Boccaccio talked about oh, what was whoever it was. I can't remember the name of his uh, girl. Beatrice maybe was it Beatrice Potticelli uh, B- Boccaccio uh, no no but Beatrice is uh, somebody else no it was maybe uh L- 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 Lucretia mm, I think Boccaccio had a Lucretia as well maybe this is maybe sh- she was his one true love, and he could never get over and that's why he painted her into everything but anyway this uh uh this uh Saint Sebastian, very very sexy. Uh, Now, who is St. Sebastian, my my former Catholic friend?
0: (laughs) He is an early Christian saint and a martyr. According to traditional belief, he was killed during the Roman Emperor Diocletian's persecution of the Christians. But as opposed to just taking him out, I don't know if he had done something particularly heinous. Diocletian maybe wanted him as an example, but he's tied to a tree or a post, and he is shot with several Arrows, But because God works in mysterious ways, these arrows don't hurt him. He, As you can see in this painting, he is quite calm, maybe even placid, but he is unbothered by these arrows sticking out of various parts of his body. And I'll stop with just saying this. So supposedly he is obviously rescued by the power of Jesus Christ. May it compel you. And when he is healed... <clears throat> He goes up to Diocletian and he tells him, he warns him about the sins that he is committing by going after the Christians. He was then supposedly clubbed to death. I guess God saved him once, but decided not to save him twice because he had delivered the message. And the young, beautiful man that I would do in a second is dead. A second, or the first time should have been the second time.
1: Yeah. God saved him from dying so he could be clubbed <laughs> to death. Um, <laughs> So, thanks, God, (laughs) I guess. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mysterious. Mm. So, this painting is on wood commissioned by Lorenzo de' Medici to be kept at the Church of the Santa Maria Maggiore in Florence. Catholics believe St. Sebastian saves people from the plague, so he's probably pretty popular right now in Italy. Yeah. Uh, And why did he save people from the plague, Ray?
0: Because plague bad. No, I I don't know. Why did he save people from the plague? Well, in
1: Greco-Roman myth, Apollo, the archer god, sometimes destroyed his enemies by shooting them with plague arrows from the heavens, but could also deliver people from the plague. He had two different kinds of arrows. He's a bit like uh, the green arrow. Right. Or uh, the fucking useless guy in the avengers films um, whatever oh his God. name is
0: ha- uh, I I don't know hawkeye, hawkeye? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah. Whew. running around finding a trillion aliens by shooting them with <laughs> arrows is yeah. good? what hello is that good? they've got armor on what 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 are you this but is ridiculous why are you even the in the avengers point. why he knows the weak how hard up were they when they yeah. they're like avengers of black like hawkeye and black widow they're like oh, ah yeah. yeah do we they're saying to old one eye uh whatever his name is Sam Jackson like do we really need these guys look yeah. seriously, they're just taking up space they don't have any right. skills they don't have any powers. she's got a couple of little <laughs> pew pew guns that she shoots <laughs> right. at people. I mean yeah, look get her into a get her into a room where she can do some backflips and break yeah. somebody's neck she's yeah. great you need anyone to break someone's neck with their thighs. Oh, Black Widow's the person you go right. to, but quite honestly, in a lot of these large, battle alien, yeah. magic, superpowered situations, there's not a lot of opportunity <laughs> for neck-breaking with thighs. Right. It's just not... Like, even if she was able to... If she was really good right. at that, yeah. and she is, let me get you wrong, it's like she's trained by the Russians, she's <laughs> very good at that, but even if she can do one she a minute... There's a million right. of these fucking right. dudes. Like, she's not, it's just not a cost-effective resource yeah. here. And, and Arrow guy, like, come well, on. Like, he's a, they're, they're, they're taking up beds in the Avengers building. Right. They're on full salary, danger money. Uh, you know, they've got the costumes, sexy black things. They go through those, well, like, one a week. Oh, yeah. Look, she's hot. Don't get me wrong. And, we, you know, I would keep her around just for that. <laughs> But come on, really? There's, there's got to be other hot women right. who actually have powers that we can bring into this fucking deal. What are you thinking? Whatever your name is, one <laughs> eye? I don't even remember his name. Uh,
0: Well, I I think the human resources came in and said, look, we need somebody with non superhuman powers. We just need a, uh, preferably a female and a guy, because to balance it out so we don't get lawsuits. So if you could just find two people and you don't have to use them, they just have to be on the team. So I I think it was, they were legally covering their ass. Good for them.
1: Nick 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 Fury Fury, was like, there we go. Listen, listen, (laughs) let me tell you something. The reason she's in the team. Is because I'm in her. You get them? you get what I'm saying, homies? <laughs> you know I'm saying? She go down on the fury. <laughs> she go down on my one eye. And I don't mean this one eye. I mean the other one eye. She go down. She can on.
0: handle the fury.
1: <laughs> and they go, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she takes the fury. She feels the fury. You get you understand what I'm saying, boys? She gets the fury, homie. <laughs> she can take Brother? the fury. How far can I go with this before it comes racist? I'm not sure. Um, feels the fury, and they go, "Okay, fair enough. You're fucking. It, we get it. Okay. Well, what about Hawkeye?" And he goes, "You think the fury only goes one way? Fury, ah, uh, Fury goes all directions. Fury knows what he very likes. Much like.
0: Yeah." <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, very sure like Iron Man there. What's his name? Uh, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey. doing yeah. an Australian doing a black man in that uh, Ben Striller film.
0: Tropic Thunder.
1: That's a hate talk. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. That's his black man voice.
0: Uh, <laughs> very. <uncomfortable. laughs>
1: That's my black man accent.
0: Anyway. hoo ha.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a Pacino.
0: Oh my god.
1: Uh. Yeah, hope we get to, oh, arrows, yeah. So Apollo shot arrows and the Christians went, well, arrows, Apollo, plague, Sebastian, arrows, pretty much, you know, probably he connected. could do that too, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's all, don't look too hard, <laughs> don't look into my eyes, don't look into my eyes, look around my eyes, look around my eyes, don't look into my eyes, don't look into my yeah, eyes. Yeah, they have it. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I used to have a clip of that. What happened to that? Look
0: into my eyes, look into my eyes, the eyes, the eyes, not around the eyes, don't look around
1: the eyes, look into my eyes, you're under. <laughs> uh, yeah, so look into my eyes, uh, fuck, where was I? Uh...
0: Apollo, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Apollo, Arrows, Plague, Sebastian, Yeah. It must be something that's... Uh, something there. But there's definitely some beauty going on here. Good-looking dude. Who do you think he's
0: modelled after? Um... Hold on. Uh, Either Richard Gere or Giuliano de' Medici.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Giuliano de' Medici. I think this is... We see this kind of guy turn up in a lot of Botticelli paintings a little bit later. Um, I I think it's Giuliano. I think this is his uh, Giuliano painting as Saint Sebastian. Now... When did uh, he paint this? Ooh. Uh, Seventy-four. Okay, so before Simonetta died. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is Giuliano taking arrows for her love. Um, right. I don't know. Maybe that's why he chose him. Now, these arrows go deep. Yeah, like real. D'Angelo level, deep, (laughs) banging on her teeth, deep, (laughs) these arrows. I mean, uh, she needs dental work the next day, deep. Um,
0: (laughs) Her kidneys get pushed around. Anyway, go ahead. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bruised kidneys, deep. Now, check out, uh, check out, so I think there's something to that. Check out the shadow. On his loincloth on the right hand side of the painting, see the shadow of the arrow?
0: Yeah. Huh. That's detail. And it
1: kind of it follows the folds of the loincloth. Oh. It also looks like. It also looks like is dick. Like if you right. trace it up, you know, back to you know, if you follow the curve <sighs> of the arrow around talking about my dick. That's penis. his dick. Right. Yeah, right. That's his dick. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? He's got a dick. True. It could be the shadow of the arrow or it could be a little bit of a pre-cum stain yeah. on the loin cloth <laughs> from his dick. Yeah. I, he's like, these arrows are turning me on. <laughs>
0: oh, I feel it. Power of Christ compels you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, so maybe like I, I don't, we don't know who commissioned this. Maybe it was a gift for his gay friends, Poliziano and Pico della right. Mirandola. They they were lovers. Maybe it was for them. Hey, listen, you want a naked photo of Giuliano? <laughs> Boom. Here, like a naked painting of Giuliano. Yeah. Here you go. Boom. I can do this all day, eyes closed. <laughs> I don't know. Look, but look at his neck. Do you
0: see what's on his neck? Um, is it vampire bites? What is that?
1: Vampire bites. That's He's got vampire bites on his neck, which is why the arrows can't kill him. Yes. Unless he's the
0: undead. they're dipped
1: in garlic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dipped in garlic or yeah. not silver. That's werewolves. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's a vampire, sexy vampire. Yeah, he
0: is. The halo.
1: Coming to suck your He can
0: suck blood, whatever.
1: Your dick first, then your
0: right. blood. Right. Please. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is this is um, the first truly sexy booty call painting. It's a gay booty call.
0: Not only that, but it's different from his master lippies because Lippy liked to use huddled bodies, round heavy heads, that kind of thing. This guy could not be less unrounded I mean he's tall he's skinny he's lively he's almost floating there he's completely serene with one two three four five at least six arrows in him I mean he is the epitome of uh, a beautiful man and he is not phased at all by what he is going through very this is very different than his masters
1: Mm. Mm. I think there's a little bit of a pants tent in his loincloth there if you look in the, fr- I think it's just like this is turn. These arrows are just turning me on. Stick it in me. Stick it in me deep, is what he's saying <laughs> and, to and, the uh, right. the viewer. And
0: the other thing is that the the uh, loincloth is barely doing its job. It's barely holding everything back. So if you stare at it long enough, it may come off. I'm not sure. I haven't tried it yet, <laughs> but I will.
1: Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. Don't look around. My look at my, my, my eyes. Look at my loincloth. Now. When thinking about Booty Call's pagan paintings, we have to consider the influence of Poliziano's poetry, especially his great unfinished poem about Giuliano, Il Giostro, the joust. Mm. We talked about this back in our Poliziano episodes. Uh, as I said, Giuliano had just triumphed in the big joust, which was in 1475. Right. They were celebrating. The joust was to celebrate the peace yeah. with the Pope and Venice after the the big war, after the Party Conspiracy. And Poliziano wrote a poem. No, hold on, stop that, scratch it, go back. Um, no, the Party. He got killed in the Party Conspiracy, so that that wasn't celebrating that peace. It was celebrating the earlier peace with the Pope because they were on the outs with the Pope and then they made up with the Pope. Right. Uh, and they had a joust to celebrate.
0: It was the peace between Florence, Sixtus IV, Milan, and Venice. So an earlier peace.
1: Yeah. The earlier peace and then they then they go to war with the wow. Pope a little bit later on. So Poliziano wrote a poem uh, where Giuliano was enslaved by Cupid, forced to be in love with Simonetta Vespucci, the most beautiful woman in Florence. Nay, the world. Right. Here's a stanza. I dug up a couple of stanzas from the poem that talk about stuff that sounds familiar. Here's one. She is fair-skinned, and white is her garment, painted with roses, flowers, and grass. The ringlets of her golden hair descend on a forehead humbly superb. The forest smiles around her and calms her cares as best it can. Her movement is regal and sweet, and yet her glance alone could calm a storm. Uh, Does that remind you of anything?
0: Primavera. Primavera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the Primavera, surrounded by a forest, It's you know, garment painted with flowers and grasses and all that kind of stuff. So he basically is taking... Poliziano's poetry in doing the visual accompaniment for it. There's another verse in the Joust poem that sounds like the birth of Venus, though. She travels through sea where white waves surface, a young virgin without a human face. Towards the shore by lustful zephyrs blown. Beneath blue sky on a shell she is born. One could swear that from the waves the goddess has emerged, pressing her hair with her right hand, covering with the other her sweet mound of flesh. And where her sacred and divine foot fell, the sand clad itself in grass and flowers.
0: Damn.
1: Hello. Yeah, so he... Nurse. Yeah, so he's...
0: He's inspired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As I said in an earlier episode, I think Booty Call is the Lou Reed of the Renaissance. He's taking poetry and literature and he's doing the painting equivalent of that, like Lou Reed did it in rock and roll. He's doing it in painting, going, well, if you can talk about covering her sweet mound of flesh, her (laughs) vajayjay, then I can paint it. If you can talk about it, I can paint it. Surely, what's wrong with that?
0: Well, in the stanza, they've got the word "sacred." If he can somehow convey either sacred or make it pre-Christian, he should be good. His lawyers told him, "We'll find out." <laughs> yeah. There was there was one more stanza. Hmm. Let's see if I can remember it. I didn't write it down. Um, she's like the wind in my dreams. <laughs> She rides the night next to me. She burns me with moonlight. Only something for the sun. Or that's Patrick Swayze. Okay, scratch all that. Never mind. I'm getting my verses mixed up. (laughs) Patrick Swayze from what? I don't... Roadhouse? I think so. I think so. Close. (laughs) It's kind of like a tournament. They were fighting all the time. And he won. So, practically the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he was he was he was a beautiful man, Patrick Swayze, no doubt yes. about it.
0: Oh uh, uh, anyway, where were we?
1: Poliziano in his poem keeps coming back to the same image: the woman and the flower. Uh. Which, according to one book I read, is the double apotheosis of the most exquisite works of nature. Beautiful woman, beautiful flower boom right. there you go a boom that's all you need <laughs> it's all there it's like they right. the 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 twin perfections well um, i just have to ask real quick it,
0: if you have it, a beautiful woman and if you mm-hmm. have a beautiful flower isn't that pretty much her Vijay? i mean you can just skip the metaphors for a second for men it all comes mm-hmm. back down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to that but it but you have to make it artistic mm-hmm. and so you make it about women and flowers. I don't know. I mean, it's like,
1: Mm.
0: I'm just Mm. assuming. They're all horny guys.
1: Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know.
1: Poliziano also wrote, a young girl wanders wanders under the May sun, filling her apron with blue, white, golden flowers in order to adorn her blonde hair. Again, very uh, primavera sounding. Lorenzo, of course, wrote his own poetry, as we've talked about before, about his love for his supposedly platonic mistress Lucrezia Donati, Mm. a.k.a. Fortitude. He depicts them as Mars and Venus. He writes, Mars, if the hour still seems dark to you, come to me, your sweet friend. I am awaiting you. Vulcan is not here to trouble our love. Come, I lay here naked in the middle of my bed. Do not hesitate because time goes by and flies away. I have covered my bosom in bright red flowers. Come, Mars, come quick. Come, I am alone. Let us put out the lights. Now, I was talking to Chrissy uh, about all this painting stuff uh, over the last couple of days, and she was saying, well, maybe when we we look at these paintings you know we see all of this naked body and these looks as seductive and sexy but maybe that's maybe we're we're, we're putting a modern interpretation on this mm-hmm. maybe to these painters in in the renaissance the body was just there to be admired for the the beauty of the body it wasn't sexy they say, yeah, but then if you read Lorenzo's poems, that oh, stanza yeah. he's basically saying it's Venus, Venus, the woman calling out to Mars, come and fuck me, take me hard while my husband's not here. <laughs> I mean, I that's there's yeah. no ifs, buts, or maybes about his poem. Right. His poem is about fucking. Yes. Um so Cash and the on. word come is used one, two, three, mm. four times yeah. in that stanza alone. Yeah, uh mm. uh Sorry. So come Mars, come quick, come! I am alone. Uh, come, I lay here naked in the middle of my bed. So it's reasonable. It's a reasonable conclusion to me that right. Booty Call is taking this and again trying to put it into painting. And he does a painting later on, which we'll get to in a later episode: right. Venus and Mars, which is uh, you know very clearly his. Um, his
0: depiction of this poem by Lorenzo. But w- w- isn't it, shouldn't we just put all that together and say these paintings and these poetries are both, one, they're representations of beauty because we love to love beauty. We admire beauty and it and it gives you a sense of pleasure, whatever and that, oh, that's fine. But it's not as innocent as someone may think it is. Maybe it's the love of beauty, but also just good old fashioned uh, human just passion, just lust and, and and if you put the church aside for a second, why can 't they represent both? I love to look at beautiful things, I love to hump beautiful things. Why not just throw it all together it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive because they um, yeah, they, well, they are young men I mean I, yeah, you know, yes,
1: but obviously the church frowns upon that, and probably <laughs> at this point still frowns upon any sex outside of marriage and in marriage outside of. Making babies right. um, and he but here Lorenzo's writing a poem about you know, he's done it an allegory, obviously it 's Mars and Venus, but it 's really about him fucking Lucrezia Donati who 's not his wife, right. she 's somebody else's wife, um whether or not they were actually fucking in real life, like I find it hard to believe that they weren't fucking yeah, I mean, come, come on. on, he's Lorenzo on. de Medici
0: he grabbed her by the come pussy. on, come on yeah yeah.
1: She she yeah. was married to a Florentine businessman, Niccolo Ardigelli. I mean, yeah, I find it hard to believe that Lorenzo didn't say, "Hey, Nikki, buddy, pal, yeah. come on, just let me tap it. Like yeah, you can, yeah. you, you own it. I don't yeah. want to own she it. Won't leave you. I right. just want to ride in it. Just it let me borrow
0: while. it and go for a yeah. ride
1: in it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. like Uber, it's, except for like it. it's Volvo. I don't yeah. know." <laughs>
1: Anyway, tell you what—that's a billion-dollar idea. We should talk to TK about funding that. Vulva. Just uh, you know, you call up the app. You tell him your address. Right. A guy drives his wife over to where you are.
0: No harm, no foul. She
1: fuck her for ten right. minutes.
0: Right. right. And he waits
1: outside. Takes her home right. when she's done. Smokes yeah. a
0: cigarette. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then you get to rate her on the app. Right. She gets to write you as well. That's fair. And, That's fair. Uh, win win. That is fair. Yeah. We just saved the economy. You don't welcome. see anything wrong with that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now look, I I think these images um, are very naughty, uh, right? Very sexy for the 15th century, but they they come from antiquity. Now, uh, one of the other sources that. Booty Caller's turning to is Alberti's On Painting, which we talked about many, many episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And now in Alberti's Treatise On Painting, he doesn't mention a single Christian theme. Everything that he talks about are paintings from antiquity. The subjects are from antiquity because he's obviously trying to talk about the great works. And by the 1430s, hardly a single pagan picture had been painted since antiquity. Right. Wow. Uh, But Alberti wrote about them, not that he had seen them because they had long disappeared, most of them. They'd been destroyed during the Dark Ages. But he talks about paintings that he had read about in sources like Lucian. So he read about the Calumny of Apelles, Mm-hmm. Do you remember who Apelles was, Ray? We've talked about him many times before.
0: Uh he was um the court painter at Macedon for um for Philip II and then Alexander the Great. That's all I remember. Wow.
1: You prepared. I'm so so proud of you, well, my Oh, thank you. My son. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Thank
1: you. I'm blessing. <laughs> He, uh, he was considered by Pliny the Elder the greatest painter of all time, the goat, not the goat sea, <laughs> the goat, the greatest of all time. Right. He painted the famous work by Alexander the Great, uh, I'm sorry, not by, about Alexander the Great fighting the Persians at the Battle of Issus, which was copied as the mosaic in Pompeii, right. which uh, we're all familiar with. Yeah. He also painted, uh, you know, a lot of famous paintings, including the Aphrodite Adamen- Ad- Anadiomene, Aphrodite rising from the sea, which shows Aphrodite rising from the sea. Right. Not, not uh, Shock. Uh, uh, coincidentally,
0: right. surprisingly,
1: right. yeah, that's what it showed. Uh, which there is a copy of that found – we, we think there's a painting uh, of that subject in Pompeii, which we think uh, is was, was a fresco that was probably copied, oh, a copy of the right. Apelles painting. The original Apelles painting, Augustus uh, found in Alexandria, I think, and said, fuck this, I'm taking – this is too good right. for this shithole <laughs> – and took it back to Rome right. with him. And then somebody copied it in uh, Pompeii. Nice. Now, uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, good old uh, Alberti knew about this because he was reading Lucian's work, which had been rediscovered. Lucian was a second century CE satirist, a Syrian satirist, mm-hmm. wrote about a lot of this stuff. So uh, uh, Alberti had read about these paintings. So Lucian describes the paintings, and then Alberti translates what Lucian says ah, about them. Right. Uh, and as we'll see, uh, Botticelli goes on not only to paint his own version of Aphrodite, which is the Birth of Venus, but he goes on to paint uh, his own version of the Calumny. Uh, basically taking Lucian's description of Apelles' painting and trying to paint his own version of it. Lucian describes repentance, it's like one of the virtues in the painting, as weeping and full of shame, much like uh, you, Ray, after your monthly marital contractual (laughs) sexual evening. I'm happy either way. Um Alberti also translated Lucian as saying that uh actually well, fuck this, we'll save all this for when we do calumny. Let's let's do that later on. Don't worry about it. I wanted to point out though, the tradition has it that Aphrodite in Apelle's painting was modelled on Campaspe, the, the former mistress of Alexander the Great. Oh, she was hot then. Although, according according to Athens. Uh, It was inspired by Phryne, uh, who used to swim nude in the sea off of Athens. Um, And, of course, you know, we we have the famous story of Praxiteles and Phryne. It's our favourite story we told where he, um, I think he sculpted her boobs or painted her boobs and... uh, they were called up on trial, mm. and uh, actually, it wasn't him. It was uh, Hyperides, another one of her lovers. Right? We don't know what the charge was, but they were accused of impiety. And in his defence, he basically said he called her to the witness stand and told her to take her clothes off. And he said, "Look at them, look at their, <laughs> look at those boobies, boys." Really? And they went, "Yeah, fair enough, fair, fair cop, you yeah. know, dismissed. Yeah. case yeah. dismissed. Yeah,
0: let's." <laughs> <That's- laughs> I would have so dismissed. Yeah. 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 They were like, "You're right. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know what we were thinking. Those <laughs> we are wanna, fabulous breasts." We want
0: to apologize for wasting your time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for the show. Uh. Yeah.
1: All right. So that's that's uh, that. We'll get into more stuff. The next episode we'll get into the birth of Venus. I think Yes, yes, I promise. Birth of Venus in episode 93. Sounds right. Thank you, Papa Bear.
0: Thank you. See you next week. That's the way I like it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I'm a pansy. need someone to explain that to me to make it make sense. It's not the length. It's what you do with it while you have it.